I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is... Thursday, September the 1st, September the 1st, or the 1st, either or. It's a long night. All right, we've had three long nights in a row. Late night baseball, finally, last night, didn't suck. That's the best way to put it. Uh, sorry I wasn't here the last couple of days. I had to fill in on the midday show, and it was impossible to get it done, but I'm back. We are here, and luckily, I didn't have to talk about the last two games. We'll get into it all, obviously, but the Phillies lose the first two in Arizona, then Last night just erupt 18 runs on the night, 22 hits, no home runs. What a night, insane. The runs were coming somehow, even though they lost the game 12-3 to and they lost the game 13-7. to They still find a way to outscore the Diamondbacks in this series. You got me. <laughs> uh, Philly's a big win yesterday because both the Padres and the Brewers win, so you needed to... Keep some of that distance after losing those first two, losing a game here and there, all that. One of the Brewers, two of the Padres, all that. Nice to see them handle business last night, not get swept in Arizona. Kind of calm the nerves a little bit as obviously the fan base getting a little frustrated after those first two games in Arizona. And look, I get it. I mean, they were incredibly disappointing games. I mean, to go up 7 nothing in that first game and cruising along and then to have the implosion they did and then to come out the next night and just get boat raced down 12 nothing before a meaningless Brandon Marsh three-run home run, you know, it was frustrating, and I get it. I, I was annoyed, um, but I also was not concerned. This team's been too good for too long. I mean, overreact to two games in Arizona, especially considering, like, um, I don't know why, but they just seem to really struggle going out to Arizona. They've won a series there since 2015, 2016, for some reason. Just a new house of horrors in Arizona. So uh, avoid Arizona at all costs is our new thing in Philadelphia. But ultimately, they win that last one, salvage the series. They lose the series, but a massive win. They get the off day today, which is desperately necessary after you know the 13 straight days of baseball, 14 games in 13 days with the doubleheader. It's just been... A lot of action in a row for a team that, you know, is depleted from both a starting pitching perspective and a bullpen perspective. It was not a ideal time to have to get through all that. And look, as frustrating as this was, I mean, the Phillies still did go 7-3 and three over the 10 games in a row, like starting last week with the 6th straight over the Reds and the Pirates, then they lose 3 in a row, then they win last night. So they are 7-3 and three in their last 10. Um, I know it's easy to... Uh, be a little myopic and look at the um, you know last couple games and the three game losing streak and all that, but um, you know you do have to step back a little bit. And again, look, they, they they lost on Sunday after winning six straight. Fine. Then they get on a plane to go to Arizona that that day. You know, it's like a getaway day. They play that night in Arizona. You know, I get it. I don't get going up seven nothing and then just frittering it away. That 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 less so. Um, but. 
you know, those those things are going to happen. And then the next night they just didn't show up. And, and last night they do. And last night, not just to, to show up, but to see them dominate the way they did, to put up an 18 spot, 18 to 2. Like, you know, it shows that this team knew they had to come out and bring it tonight. You know, it was like enough of this, all right? You know, whereas in the past, Phillies... Um, teams have have fallen into a hole and been able to unable to to dig themselves out. This team dig, dug themselves out in a big way last night. You know, <laughs> emphatically dug their way out of that hole last night with an eighteen to two win. So it was a big one. They needed it. Nice to get back on track. And again, I think the off day is really going to help. You know, playing thirteen straight days and at, in at the end of that, having to fly to Arizona and play in Arizona. I mean, that's that's tough, man. That is tough. I'm not trying to make excuses or anything like that. I get it. Look, you know, I'm not, you're up seven, nothing and you lose 13 to seven. I mean, no excuses, right? That that's unacceptable in any situation, anywhere you go, whatever. But, um, I'm not surprised they were a little sluggish to start Arizona. I'm not, I'm not. It makes sense that those first two games weren't quite as good as, um, as we hope they'd be. You wanted to be better. I think honestly that the biggest disappointment to come out of Arizona in terms of a personal player thing, is obviously Aaron Nola. You know, you lose that first game as disappointingly as you do to the, you know, 7 nothing blow it. You're coming off that 5 nothing loss on Sunday. And you got Nola on the hill going up against Zach Gallon, like a legit, you know, battle of aces type of game, you know. And, and Nola, you know, obviously Wheeler's the ace, but Nola, is, at least this season, has really pitched like an ace. He's been one of the 10 best pitchers in the National League and, you know, probably better than that. And... And so is Zach Gallon. You know, Zach Gallon after the game, you know, seven shutout. He's at thirty-four and a third scoreless or whatever. I mean, he's been legitimately unhittable. Um, but it was a matchup where you go in and it's Nola Gallon. It's a game. The Phillies coming off two losses, including a really, really ugly one the night before. And it's August thirtieth. You know, and today, by the way, September first. Probably burying the lead a little bit there. The September begins. All that entails for Phillies fans. But, you know, August 30th, we're on the eve, so to speak, almost, of September. Um, and we all know, you know, we all know the Aaron Nola thing. The the stigma that is attached to Aaron Nola over the last three years, essentially, that, you know, once the, once the, once today, once the clock strikes September, once it happens, that all of a sudden he just implodes and becomes a different pitcher and is unable to go out and, you know, pitch with confidence, pitch with, um, you know, fire and, and find ways to win games, you know, and, and um, this was a spot, you know, this season especially because he has been so freaking good this year, so elite as a starting pitcher for this season that, you know, I think we came into that game in Arizona in that specific spot, you know, losing two straight, especially losing one as disappointingly the night before, and you're going up against a legitimate ace-level type pitcher, you want to see Nola go out and shove in that spot. Again, with the September woes, and we're close enough to count it, you know, you really wanted to see a different version of Aaron Nolan instead. He was horrible. You know, it was classic, classic underperforming Aaron Nola, just very hittable, no bite to his stuff, control wasn't there, changeup wasn't working. Like, he just, he just got hit. He got hit up. Pretty handily, eight runs and less than four. You know, it was an ugly, ugly outing. And, you know, it's concerning. <laughs> it's concerning because I, I, this team's making the playoffs. I still feel that way. I feel very confident that they will make the playoffs. 
I really do. Um, but I can't say I trust Aaron Nola in any game in September, certainly not in October if they you know get there. I, I just I don't know how you could trust this guy in any sort of big spot. And it's a shame because he's been awesome this year. And I've trusted Aaron Nola this year, you know, really since you know May or whatever. It's been like that guy takes the hill and I'm 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 feeling good about it. I'm I'm feeling like Aaron Nola's gonna go out and get the job done because he's done it all year and he's been so good and we've seen so many outings. And even his last start, the shutout, complete game shutout, eleven strikeouts was brilliant. And you hope that, that maybe that that being a little tired still from that is why he's stung in Arizona, but you know, it's hard to ignore the the last few years of evidence. It's hard to ignore this, again, stigma, the September NOLA. I mean, to the point where he's, he gets asked about it. He got asked about it last year at the end of the year, and he didn't want to talk about it. And look, I get it. I mean, I'm sure if I'm him, I'm not psyched about it either. But it is it is a thing. There is no other way to, like, you can't just push this to the side and say, eh, it doesn't mean anything. At this point, it does. He has to prove it the other way now before we're going to feel comfortable with Nola taking the hill in these games. Like he's just, he just has not come through too many times over and over again in this month of the season. And that was a perfect example in Arizona, a spot where you need him to at least, you know, show up, especially again, like we were just talking about at the end of this long stretch of straight baseball without days off. And, and and you need the pen, especially, especially the night after Ranger only goes three and two-thirds. Nola can't go out and get the job done and help the pen and help the team. And it was very frustrating and very concerning. Again, like, I think the Phillies are going to make the playoffs. I think it's a good baseball team. The lineup, as we saw last night, has the potential to be special on a night-to-night basis. I think Zach Wheeler is going to be okay. You know, I've been very positive, very bullish with everything I've heard about it. The decision to kind of rest him, it feels like it really was a, hey, you know, look at the schedule coming up. Let's let's give him a break. I'm, I'm not too concerned. Obviously, there's always a little concern with something like that. Uh, but, you know, with everything we've heard, I feel pretty good about Wheeler coming back. Um, Ranger had been great until that outing in Arizona. You know, it happens. And he was dealing in that outing until the, the fourth inning. And then it all fell apart. And, and, you know, the error didn't help, the Segura error. So, you know, there's all that that stuff involved, but um, you, know, you feel feel good about Wheeler coming back. I feel good about Ranger in general. Eflin on the the return bath could be a, a, a long man if needed for the end of the season. Something maybe give you a couple innings in the in the bullpen if needed. All that stuff, you know. Gibby coming off a really nice outing has been mostly good. You know, a couple bad outings, but mostly you trust him. Syndergaard, whatever. But um, in general, you know, I think you feel good about about this team and, and where they're at. You know, it's it's Nola. Nola's my big concern right now. Nola's the one guy who, you know, I want I, I need to count on for this team to get he's he's too important who I don't. I mean, we saw it last night. I mean, it's I can't honestly say I feel more confident with Bailey Falter taking the L in September, but I'm not sure I don't. Come <laughs> on, right? I, you know, it's crazy. I know. But I mean, seriously, like it's just too much of this to to feel confident with Nola. So it is going to be definitely a, a storyline to watch. Heading to September, can Nola kind of put this together and turn this around? Because we desperately, desperately, desperately need him to. All right, let's look back at last night, and then we'll look ahead and you know, preview the month of September. Again, it is September 1st. Hard to believe. Uh, so after losing the two straight to start the series, Phillies last night just come out freaking firing. 18 runs on 22 hits. Eight walks in addition to that. They had no home runs. 
I don't ever remember a Phillies team, and I'm sure it's happened. I don't remember a Phillies team scoring 18, 18 runs without hitting a home run. I don't remember watching many baseball games in my life where a team scored 18 runs and no home runs. It's pretty wild. Um, you love to see that it was a spread round, so to speak, as everyone got involved going down the lineup, the starters, you know, a couple pinch hitters in there and, and all that, but the starting line, even the pinch guys got involved, though. Uh, so the two pinch hitters, uh, Stubbs went one for one with two RBI, and Mate Tom went over one with a run scored. So even the people who pinch hit, you know, got on the stat sheet, so to speak. But here's your starting lineup and how they did last night. Schwerber, two for six, a run and an RBI. Hoskins, three for six, two runs, RBI. Boom, two for six, three runs, one RBI. Harper, three for four, two runs, one RBI. JT, two for four, three runs, one RBI. Uh, Gene, two for three, one run, two RBI. Veerling, two for six, one run, two RBI. Brandon Marsh, really nice game, three for six, two runs, three RBI. Edmundo Sosa, two for six, two runs, one RBI. So yes, in case you didn't catch that, every single starter in the lineup had at least two hits last night. Every single one had at least two hits. And every single one outside of Schwarber, who had one run and one RBI, scored at least two runs or had at least two RBI. Think about that. What a night for the Phils. Jeez, just bringing it. Just bringing it. Uh, super fun. I mean, when you look through the, the box score, it's a blast. Just look like it. Uh, Shorter scores an error. Harper single. Scores a run. Segura single. Scores two runs. Veerling single. Scores a run. Segura single. Scores a run. Marsh triple. Scores two. <laughs> Marsh on wild pitch. Ground rule double scores one by JT. One score, you know, it's just like, a, what, a, what a blast. What a, what a run. You know, it's just like hit, 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 hit. It was awesome. It was awesome. And it was, again, desperately needed, you know, with the first two games of this series. Again, literally coming off the Aaron Nola disappointment tour night, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they needed it yesterday. And, and by the way, shout out to Bailey Falter, the stopper. Falter, the stopper. My man goes six and a third. Five hits, no walks, one run, six strikeouts was brilliant. Really. Eight, three pitches to get through six and a third. Nick Nelson comes in, shuts it down for two and a third, gives up one run. Just easy pitching. Again, Bailey Falter, man. I mean, who comes through more than Bailey Falter, right? I mean, you need a win. The team's struggling. The team's down. Put your guy Bailey on the hill. The man's a stopper. For real though, Bailey Falter, really what a what an important player he's been for the Phillies this year. You know, having that that six star. We've talked so many times in the past years about how the Phillies one of the biggest problems with the Phillies in an organization, and obviously they had lots of problems, just pure talent and all that type of stuff. But one of the biggest problems with the Phillies was this lack of organizational depth, this inability to cycle through players when, when things happen, when injuries happen, all that type of stuff that, you know, if a starter goes down, you're, you're doing bullpen games. I mean, how many bullpen games have we seen in the last few years or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing from an organizational depth perspective, injuries, this, that. And yet this year, and Bailey Falter is one example of that. And, and there are many, you know, there are Nick Maton and, and, and Camargo earlier and Sosa and, you know, all these guys who have come in and Veerling and all these guys who, who organizationally have provided depth that has been desperately needed and, and made a difference with this team as the season has progressed. Billy Falter, a perfect example of that. I mean, how many times do we not have a, a starter? And this guy as the sixth starter this year has been 
really solid. Not not even special, not amazing, but the dude has gone out and dealt when they needed and does have a knack, it seems, to go out and put out a really nice outing when the team needs it. You know, when the team's floundering, when the team's kind of struggling, Bailey Folder has stepped in and done a great job. And it is a symbol of how differently this team is built, how much better this organization is right now from an organizational depth and talent perspective. And that's a lot of credit to the front office, Dombrowski, Ani, Fold, all those guys have done a really nice job finishing out this roster, putting the putting the final touches on the 40-man, making it a 40-man roster where you actually have guys who can help when things happen. It is thrilling to see such a thing and last night falter massive win you know they really needed bailey falter to go out and deal last night again coming off the two straight losses in a situation where as a team you know you're starting to you know get a little nervous or at least as a fan base starting to get a little nervous about where the team is at in the last few games and blah 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 and yet um falter goes out and deals last night and again i i, I think it's important that the team showed up the way they did you know, they, they went 18 to 2. They didn't just go out and say, all right, you know, got to win tonight, scrape one out, or go out and be lackadaisical, whatever. They went out saying, we are winning this baseball game. We're better than this team. We're going to go out there. We're going to put up some runs. It's over. It's done before it starts. And they did it. And they deserve credit for that. You know, because, again, like we've talked about, the in past years, the Phillies would sometimes fall down a bit of a, a well, a hole, and and you know, kind of be unable to to dig themselves out of it. And look, we still have a month of baseball left, a little over, to be honest. But but um this year the Phillies have have continually found ways to dig themselves out of holes and, and you know the mini hole, three straight losses, nothing crazy, two ugly ones in Arizona, but but we were feeling it. We were feeling it and again particularly particularly considering that the Brewers and the Padres both won yesterday. It was, it was a really important game yesterday for the Phillies to take, and they did, and it was much, much needed. All right, let's look at the standings and look ahead here again as we are officially in September. I don't know how. I really don't. I don't know how it's September. It's crazy to me. It's... um. It's nuts. But we are here. We are in September. The Phillies sitting at 73 and 58 with 31 to play. 15 games over 500. Outstanding stuff from the Phillies. They are right now three games up on the Brewers still. That means four with the tiebreaker. They are a half game up on the Padres, which is really one and a half up on them with the tiebreaker. Now, here's the thing it is um, uh, Phillies are, have played one less game than the Padres, and they are one. Uh, below them in the loss columns. That is great news. That is great news. That really means that the Phillies have a real extra game on them in the sense that, you know, they don't have to win that game and not still be tied. You know, it's they're not a half game back but a win down or half game up but a win down because that would be that'd be frustrating. So um so they're in good shape there. Um again they just need to win games. The Giants are floundering. The Giants are seven games below five hundred. They're out of it for all intents and purposes. That's where the Phillies are heading next. Much needed off day today, but you know Phillies sitting in a nice spot here. The Brewers keep winning games. They're sixty nine and sixty. The Braves keep you know kind of creeping towards the Mets. The Braves are only three games back of the Mets. We talk all about you know if we get that second wild card, we're going to Atlanta. One scary scenario I hadn't thought about it much is if the Braves can catch the Mets. Phillies Mets in the first round. If they're the one two wild card, that would in New York that would be um. 
I think my my worst case scenario with the Mets this year, but um, still, still, you know, Braves as of now, and, and the Mets keep winning games. Big win last night with the Dodgers. Two one game. I watched all of it because you know the Phillies didn't start till super late. So, uh, Degrom. Oh, they got so lucky. N- Nimmo, Justin Turner hit a bomb and would have tied the game. And Brandon Nimmo, right after, by the way, Degrom got a BS third strike call on Muncie. It was not. A, it should have been ball four. Um, and, uh, and then they catch and then, you know, the Mets win. Uh, but the, um, uh, Cardinals, uh, have, have put out a pretty big lead on the Brewers in the center. Now there's six games up. The Phillies are, uh, three games back of the Cardinals. Not that it matters, but in terms of, of just showing you how, how good the Cardinals have been playing since that little run there. So, um, so big stretch of baseball coming up. We are in September. The Phillies schedule coming up. You know, we've talked about it a lot, but it's still a nice little stretch here for a couple more weeks. Two weeks of good baseball. Then they got their tough stretch, and then it's easy again to finish out. So uh, starting tomorrow, off day eight, starting tomorrow, three in San Francisco. 10-15 tomorrow night. Gibby versus Alex Cobb. Syndergaard versus Junis. 405 on Saturday, then 405 on Sunday. Suarez versus Rodone. Then another off day Monday. How about that? They get the off day today for the first time forever. Another one Monday. Nice to see coming back. You don't have to play a you don't have to fly across the country and play a game like they did uh the next day, like they just did in Arizona. So they come home, they get the off day Monday, then uh Labor Day off day. You know, it's weird. Um so then uh next week, uh three against the Marlins, three against the Nats, all at home. Good week of baseball right there. You want that. Then they go to Miami for three. So sit nine games, uh, six against the Marlins, three against the Nationals. Then this is the last tough stretch of baseball they have. Three in Atlanta, two at home against Toronto, four at home against Atlanta. Those nine games there are massive. They're the last real tough stretch they have. Then they have three in Chicago. Time to... Pay back the Cubs for that first series the All- after the All-Star break, and then four in Washington. So we still have seven games against the Nationals left. That is outstanding news. And then they finished with three in Houston. Houston, again, those games you know could, could go either way in the sense that Houston could um, take the best record in the American League prior to then, and then those games don't have a lot of meaning. We'll see as of right now. Houston is handily up uh, for the best record. In the AL, they are five games ahead of the Yankees for that uh, that title. So as of right now, you know if they if they can maintain that that type of lead, then obviously, you know, three games against the Phillies at the end of the season will literally be meaningless. So that is that is good news. Let's quickly take a look at the Padres and the Brewers' schedule before we finish out here. As again, it is the start of September. Let's look at the the two teams they're really battling with there, um, as the Cardinals have distanced themselves from the the Brewers, obviously, and the Giants are falling out of it. Um, so, and, and you like the way this starts. San Diego starts tomorrow night as well, off day day. Three in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. Then three versus Arizona at home. Then they have three more against the Dodgers. So six of the next nine games with the Padres against the Dodgers. Love to see it. Then they go to Seattle for two, a playoff team. So, of their next 11 games, seven are against playoff teams. Then they go to Arizona for four. Then three against St. Louis. This schedule was tough, man. Then they go to Colorado for three. That's easy. Then they have three more at home against the Dodgers, three against the White Sox, three against San Francisco. Those are all at home stand with the home stand. But whoa, buddy. The Padres' schedule is about 10,000 times harder than the Phillies. Not quite, but man, that is a tough schedule for the Padres. That makes you feel good. The Brewers have an easier schedule, but not 
um, any uh, uh, harder than the Phillies. It's basically the same thing as the Phillies. A bunch of easy games with one stretch of tough baseball left. So they have four in Arizona coming up here, then three in Colorado. So West Coast trip at least. Then they come home, two against the Giants, three against Cincinnati. All easy games. Then their tough stretch. Two at St. Louis, three at home against the Yankees, three at home against the Mets. That is eight games against really good teams that have you know three of the seven best records in baseball. So that's tough. Then four in Cincinnati. Then two more against St. Louis, another tough one. And then four against Miami, three against Arizona. So basically both the Brewers and the Phillies have the exact same amount of games against winning teams left. The Phillies have, a, I think, one more because of the Houston series, but um, one more game. But again, that, that might not matter. Um, but, you know, they have essentially 10 left against good teams. The Phillies have um, 11 um, with the nine or 12. So the Phillies have 12, but again, three of those are against Houston. Um so the Brewers and the Phillies are really interesting, tight schedule. The Phillies having that three games, technically four of them is massive, and the Padres schedule is tough. It's lined up really nice for the Phillies. The Phillies just need to not suck in September. No problem, right? We're going to find out. It's going to be a fun one. I'm excited for this summer, September, and I really think the Phillies make the playoffs. I'm getting off day today, and then we'll look ahead to a big weekend series in San Francisco against Gabe. We'll get into that tomorrow and a whole lot more. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 